Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. This is Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. Something else from somewhere else.
Welcome to Mondo Jazz, the Radio Free Brooklyn weekly program dedicated to international jazz. Once again, we're here after more great music brought to you by Mike Joseph and his Jerry Curl Chronicles. We're starting a third episode in a row dedicated to Africa, and we can't seem to get enough of it. In the past couple of episodes, we roamed around Ethiopia, Mali, Nigeria, Senegal, and other African countries, and trying to figure out what were the... Uh, approaches that they had there towards jazz music. Today, we'll try to see how did such influence exert its magic on musicians from other parts of the world, especially in North America and uh, France and Israel, and we'll be playing tunes dedicated to Africa and its culture by bands of uh, non-African musicians. We also have the pleasure of hosting today a guitarist and singer Gida Pelé, a musician who's very active on the New York and uh, Chicago scenes with a number of projects that showcase her very distinctive uh, style, both as a guitar player and a singer and a composer as well. She will join us in the studio for an interview and a live performance, which will be a special treat. So stay tuned. The first tune uh, we heard today was uh, Thank You for Talking to Me Africa, a composition title uh, perfectly opening this section of Mondo Jazz dedicated to jazz that pays tribute to Africa, but performed by one of the most revered uh, New York-based bands. You might have recognized the melody and the title of the song as being uh, one by Sly and the Family Stone from their uh, fifth album, There is a Riot, going on. However, this version uh, was performed by Stephen Bernstein uh, Millennial Territory Orchestra, which uh, featured it on their 2011 album dedicated to Sly Stone and entitled MTO Plays Sly. Let's now move to France uh, for another large ensemble paying tribute to the music of Africa, the Orchestre National de Jazz, a French big band that has uh, been active uh, since 1986 and over the years has hosted the who's who of uh, French jazz. In this day and age, it may be quite mind-blowing to think that it was established upon the initiative of the French Minister of Culture, Jacques Long, in 1986. Obviously, the times have changed. From their album of 2004, entitled La Fête de l'eau, which uh, belongs to the period during which the orchestra was under the direction of guitarist uh, Claude Barthélemy, uh, here is a composition inspired by the quintessential North African lute, the oud. The composition is in fact entitled Oud Oud. <laughs> Thank you. 
suite à fréquent.
This is uh, Radio Free Brooklyn and you're listening to Mondo Jazz. We focused the first segment of Mondo Jazz on jazz inspired by Africa after the tribute paid by the French uh, large ensemble Orchestre National de Jazz to the North African uh, lute uh, with this uh, composition entitled Oud Oud. Uh, we moved to Israel and the quartet called Third World Love with a recording from 2004 entitled Avanim, from which we played La Suite Africaine, which by the title is obviously a tribute to Africa, because Africa is very close to Israel, and this band, starting from its name, has obviously paid a lot of attention to Africa's musical traditions. Uh, Third World Love is a band that uh, featured uh, four very young Israeli musicians back then, we're talking about 2004, uh, which were destined to become very successful as leaders, and now they're very established a decade and a half later. When this album was released, it was 2004, and I think at the time they were still in Israel. But then they moved uh, abroad, and we're talking about uh, pianist uh, Jonathan Avishai, which is uh, based in France, and Avishai Cohen on trumpet, and Omer Avital, who are based in New York, uh, together with the New York drummer Daniel Friedman. In the past two decades, Israel has nurtured uh, some of the most exciting young players and a unique jazz scene in the Mediterranean. Uh, many of these uh, countless talented musicians, as I mentioned, have relocated to New York or other parts of the world. There are so many of them, including people like Anat Cohen, Anat Fort, Asif Zahar, guitarist uh, Gilad Hexelman, and Rotem Sivan, among many others. And speaking of extremely talented and promising young players, coming from Israel and very active here in New York, we are very, very pleased to have with us uh, tonight uh, guitar player and singer Dida Pelle. Welcome, Dida. Thank you for Thank being you. here. After growing up in Tel Aviv, uh, Dida uh, came to the U.S. and uh, studied at the New School in New York, and uh, she decided to stay here and quickly establish herself thanks to a very active concert schedule and three albums as a leader, uh, which followed the one that uh, she recorded as a co-leader of Rectum Empires when she was back uh, still in Israel. That's right. You're starting the month of May with a very, very active uh, schedule, but... Um, we can start chatting about what is it like in Israel and why is jazz such a powerful style of music? Even so many great musicians, including yourself, have come out of, from that scene. Because there's very large amount of Israelis that are jazz musicians in the world, people often ask this question. And there are many reasons, I guess, and I'm not... I think for me, I feel like the reason I become very dedicated to learning and still am is great teachers that I had around me growing up. I went to this high school that many of the musicians you mentioned went to. It's called Tell My Aline. I just had really good teachers that not only showed me the materials, but really made me love, fall in love with this music and be obsessed with it. How could they do that? Like to get a 15-year-old girl living in Israel, listening to Backstreet Boys and like Spice Girls, or whatever, maybe I grew up a little, I listened to Nirvana, or you know, whatever where you were listening when you were a teenager, and then making me obsessed, or me and all of my friends at the jazz department of Tell Maylene, we got obsessed with Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, Lee Morgan, like bebop and hardbop, and really wanted to play like that. For Pretty four much. years, I didn't think about anything else. I was only like scared that like in the next class, I wouldn't be as play the best solo I can or sound like Grand Green or whoever yeah. I liked at the time. The power of inspiring a teacher is that through exactly. this part. And, and so when you were exposed to this music and you know, coming from a background where you're listening to different kinds of styles, what is that hit you physically or mentally or, you know, in your heart that really made this music uh, so attractive to you? Two things. 
first the community it it was so fun to get into it because because of the way it was introduced to us it was like a hang it's not only about the music but also about the friends and going to see them play and hanging out with the teachers and talking about music for hours just become so fun and like the best thing I could do with my time it felt and the music I think two albums that I listened to at the time were my first loves and I was listening to them a lot one was a double album of Grand Green mm. and Sonny Clark mm. it's green and yeah. they sound so good Art Blakey plays drums Paul Chambers plays bass really fun album and Thelonious Monk album I had to one Thelonious Monk plays Duke Ellington that I, I really listened to many times and then another Thelonious Monk one with his quartet and I think those two albums really got me into it I think everybody in Israel has to do military service that's right right but that didn't prevent you from continuing in fact even encouraged you yeah. to, to pursue even more I was lucky I got this opportunity to be a musician in the army so it it gave me the chance to keep playing and not because it's very scary to think that you might be like might have to stop for two years yes, I was lucky to be a musician and I was playing in the army it actually helped me open to new to other styles after I was obsessed with jazz as I told you in high school so playing in the army and like it's basically you're an entertainer you know you're the free time of the soldiers that work very hard and haven't been home for a month and they get one hour of like a band coming to play so then they really don't want to listen to jazz <laughs> at that that hour you know so you just have to play like popular Israeli music it actually got me back to remember other things I like to play and taught me about the role of other roles of music you know that are less intellectual and more just like a good time And I also started thinking about singing when I was in that. Because that, you were focusing up to that point only on instrumental music. Only on guitar, yeah. yeah, yeah. So now Israel, because of its location and its history, is like a meeting point for so many different cultures. And yes. you have yourself a multicultural background. That's how, right. Yeah, so <laughs> tell us a bit more about that and how that has, uh, has influenced your music making. I feel like only recently it started affecting my musical style. But... I do have an interesting background. My mother's mother is from Thailand. Yeah. And my her father is from Iraq. Mm. And she grew up, she and her brother and sister grew up in Switzerland. So they're very all over the place. And when they were teenagers, they moved together to Israel. And my father is from Poland. Anyway, no, he grew up in Tel Aviv, but his parents are from Poland. So right there you have oh, yeah. several continents. Yeah. I don't really find any of those influences in my music. And basically, most of what I'm influenced by is American music, whether it's country, blues, jazz, hip hop. It's all like very American. But recently, I did start listening to Thai blues and I even wrote one Thai blues. And that's that's my only, you know, it's the beginning. Influence. It's the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe actually it's kind of a promising like song. A maybe. Face because, uh, you know, if I understand what you're about to play. Mm -hmm. That song sounds amazing. So perhaps Thank you want you. to share yeah, it with me. So the song is called Love of the Tiger or Love of the Thai Girl. It goes like this. really barking my door is not really open 
We all got to keep our marks in every glass of sharks waiting for us to gulp them. She's innocent as obsession, obscene as a wildwood flower. If only I had the time, we could have talked for hours. My car is not really parking. My lesson's not really over. If only she turns around, we could be bedroom bound. I would have loved to love her. My car is not really parking. My lesson's not really over. If only she had the time, we could have talked for hours. My dog is not really barking. My dog is not really open. It was a great start. So, what's the story behind it? How did you come up with this lyrics? And it's uh, interesting to play it by myself. I usually play it with a band, and everyone is like grooving. But that was grooving. It's a lot of uh, responsibility. I was meeting my friend Yami, actually from the band you mentioned before. That's called Ragtime Vampires. Yes. So he's my dear friend, and he's a great songwriter. He wrote most of the lyrics for the band Ragtime Vampires. His name is Yami Whistler Visla. We really inspired each other and we ended up going to Berlin for 10 days when I was already in New York. We were meeting in the middle. I was on tour there. And I was on tour in Europe and in Russia. And we met in Berlin for a 10 days, 10 days off that I had. And we started writing songs together in English. He's, it's his first time writing in English and was an amazing experience. And we wrote a lot of songs. We were in a little heavy mood. So the songs are very dark and heavy, but good. And then we finished that time and, and the last day we felt like we need to, we, we talked a lot about, you know, some like the character we're writing from or different things like that. And then he said, you know, maybe it should be like a Thai princess playing the blues and like really relate to that. Where are you coming from? And we can write songs like that because we just mentioned it was kind of a joke, but we did start to like put around the house some Thai blues music, which is really, really interesting and great. I love it. Okay, so it just got as, as an idea in my head, head. And then I went to Russia from there. And I was on a tour in Russia that was very interesting. And on one day off, a place where I had nothing else to do but stay in a weird hotel. I was there and I was listening again to the Thai blues and I just came up with this melody. And this groove, and I kept playing it for myself and just improvising lyrics. And I forgot about it, but I recorded it on my iPhone. After Russia, I went to Israel, and we had a rehearsal with Ragtime Vampires. We were playing at a festival. And just for fun, they had like a guitar, a mini guitar, like just like a toy 
at the rehearsal space and I was just picking it up and starting to play this and saying Thailand, something like that which means like I'm the girl from Thailand and everyone started looking at me like it really caught their ear it had the thing and then Yami said wow Dida it's something like we should write this song and then a few months after we met again in Europe to write more songs Yami and I in Muri this time it's a small village in Switzerland when we wrote more songs, we also remembered that song and we worked on it and make it, made it a song. That's great because it's catchy. And yeah. um, in some way, the line, it can be both Middle Eastern and Thai. Yes. Well, at least that's how it sounds to the ears of a Western yes. person. And since you mentioned the band, I thought maybe I should play a song well, from uh, Time Vampires. All right. Nearly pay, nearly pay. Listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, this is Mondo Jazz, and we just heard um, a composition by the Rectum Vampires, which was entitled Neely Pay. Exactly, and uh, we are here lucky to have in our studio Dida Pelle, the guitarist and singer from this band. That's right. um, 
This is uh, one of uh, four albums uh, of uh, Dida Pelé. This is uh, one that she recorded as a co-leader, and then there are three albums that uh, uh, were released uh, as a leader. The first one uh, was on the Italian label Red Records, and it was entitled uh, Dida Pelé Plays and Sings. After that, uh, we had uh, Modern Love Songs that came out a few de- uh, years later, and then in 2016, A Missing Shade of Blue. Each one of them showing a different side of uh, Dida Pelé. I personally discovered your music uh, accidentally browsing uh, YouTube, and I immediately fell in love with the music. And uh, well, I think which uh, song did you? I think it was actually the title track. That must have been yeah, a Missing Shade. Uh, yes, a Missing Shade of Blue. I would say teaser for the last album. Then I start looking for more and more and more. And then I, two hours later, I, I was still watching, and then I had to write an email and get all the albums from you. I know, I remember it. I was, you ordered all my discography. I came over from West Village to Midtown, where you live, and I dropped four albums. Yeah, so I discovered the many sides of uh, Dida Pelé, and many of them will be on display in a number of different uh, concerts you're about to play in yes. the coming days. So tell us a bit what's going on and what's coming okay. up. Tomorrow, I'm playing in a very special room in Brooklyn, in Lefford Gardens. It's called the Owl Music Parlor. Which is a great venue. Yeah, have you been there? Yeah. Okay, good. Not to see me. No. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of really my favorite places to play in New York. And then on May 5th, on Saturday, I'm playing for the first time, kind of, at Birdland. Wow, the legendary which venue. Which is, yeah, exciting, right. but also kind of uh, interesting. So I'm very excited about that. And then you're going to be back at Birdland at the end of the month, Yes, right? on May 26th, I'll do the same thing on Saturday, 6 to 7.15. All right. And then, Fat what Cat. else? I'm playing Fat Cat. I'm, I'm going to Chicago for a few, for four shows. And Chicago has kind of become your second yeah. hometown in the U.S. Yeah, it's a fun surprise that I love playing uh, in Chicago. I love the musicians there. I love the community of musicians and the audience. So if you were to compare, I mean, it's always difficult to generalize and uh, sometimes we fall in stereotypes. But when you go there, what is your experience? How is it different than New York or is it just the same and you're just having a good time playing? No, it's not the same at all. I do have a good time playing at both. I feel like the people in Chicago has a little bit more time and space. Like, like their houses are bigger the everyone everyone i know has another room in their place and you can stay there and like they just hang out at their houses with, with each other and they're not so concerned about every hour of their day and i feel like it brings a lot of beautiful things because as i said in the beginning music is very about the hang also so when you have time and you hang out with your friends you kind of i think things are being created you know so i feel like chicago has more of that more space to allow those things to happen. And also, from my experience from playing there, I feel like people, when they come to see a show, they're very open and curious and listening very carefully. And it creates a very engaged audience, which is so fun. They bring, like, the, the people who like it come back the day after and bring their friends. Like, it's very fun to have that So support. it feels a bit like a home? I don't know. Back I, home, I mean, like... Uh, uh, yeah, it's it, a little bit more like, like Israel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. New York is different. It's it's not like that at all. But I feel like when you're here for a long time, maybe it's a little bit more like that. But other things about New York are very cool. And the fact that it's so tough and not like that is also kind of make you be 
frustrated, but also pushes you, you know? Right. So I feel like the musicians here are the top level, you know? And everyone knows that. Even in Chicago, like people that do it in New York are... And uh, can you see that uh, within the community of New York jazz musicians, maybe uh, Israeli players or players from other towns are able to kind of uh, bring their own hang-oriented culture or they immediately get absorbed by the machinery? It's a good question. I feel like they hang with each other. So there they have their hang, like Israelis here hang out all the time. But after a while, when you become busy in New York, you become busy in New York, you know? Mm -hmm. And you get into the mentality of like working a lot and not having those that space for things to happen. Right. So maybe you can play for us something that uh, might be coming up at one of these shows that uh, you are going to play at the Owl uh, Parlor or Fat Cat or Birdland. Okay. Or something that you're not going to play because that's not what you feel like. That's right. So what's next? Mm. You want me to play... A song by one of the ladies that I found lately? Absolutely, and then we can talk about that. Okay, so I'll play it first and then I'll explain. Exactly. Can you tell me if you want me to play Roving Woman or Talking Like You, even though you don't know the names? I think Roving Woman sounds like a okay, great title. let's do it. <laughs> People say a roving woman is likely not to be better than she ought to be, so... When I stray away from where I've got to be, someone always takes me home. People say a gambling woman is likely not to be better than she ought to be. So when I stray away from where I've got to be, someone always takes me home. A lady never should habituate saloons. And that is where I find myself on many afternoons And just as I begin to blow away the foam Someone tips his hat to me and takes me home People say a roving woman is likely not to be Better than she ought to be so when I stray away from where I've got to be, someone always takes me home. Now, poker is a game a lady shouldn't play, but every floating poker game just seemed to float my way. And just before I lost a thing beside my calm, Someone tips his hat to me and takes me home. Don't see why they always do it. Can't be vanity, must be sheer humanity. When some kind soul remarks with great urbanity, Lady, let me take you home. Of course there's bound to be some little aftermath. That makes a pleasant ending For the straight and narrow path And as I go to sleep I cannot help but think How glad I am that I was saved From cards and drink People say a roving woman 
is likely not to be bitter than she ought to be. So when I stray, there's positively got to be someone there to take me home. This is uh, really one of those uh, typical examples of the way that you can take a song and really become a storyteller while singing, while playing a guitar. Kind of puts together all the different souls of yourself, sounds like it. So tell us a bit how this uh, project of um, music by underappreciated uh, female composers yeah. has started. So yeah, it's more not even only about underappreciated, it's more about lost because there I found this group of female musicians active between 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, something like that, that were lost in different ways, starting to be a big group of different ladies. So I feel like it's it's really different each story. But generally, there's some that just had one album. The girl that I just played the song of didn't have an officially released any album, but They just did some and then they stopped, you know, because m having a career in music is a very hard thing. Actually, now I'm soon becoming 30 and uh, I see people around me deciding, some of them, to go on to something else, you know. I feel like it's an age where you can you understand more about how difficult it is to be and some people, it's not for them. So I guess some of these ladies just didn't continue. And because they didn't continue, their music is, is lost. There are so many great songs and the stories are behind those songs and the women is fascinating to me. So I got like drawn into this world and I just discover more and more. And this lady is the one that I'm obsessed with the most. Her name is Connie Convert and she was active in New York around the 50s. She lived in the West Village on 23rd Grove Street. And she started writing these songs for herself. And I think she sent tapes to her brother who lived in Michigan. And she played a little bit around the New York scene, but she didn't get enough attention or any. She only had one television appearance. I don't know how she got that. Someone organized it. But again, it didn't create meaningful response from audience or from managers, labels, people that can help get her music to more people. There's only one recording of her songs, her playing it. Someone invited her to Hudson, New York, to just for a hang, but he was also recording on tape. You can hear her playing her songs there and talking to them a little bit and making mistakes. Like it's a very casual recording, but that's the only recording we have of her songs. And the songs are really so amazing and ahead of their time. You know, it's the lyrics. Wow. She wrote it, you know, before Bob Dylan and Johnny Mitchell, they were in school. So she's the first singer-songwriter. And she came up with all this stuff without YouTube, you know? Right. Seeing other people doing similar things. So she's really a genius. But I just have to tell you that she she really had an interesting disappearance. And no one knows what happened to her. Hmm. Because she, after those 10 years in New York, where she didn't get any recognition, she she left went to Michigan where her brother was teaching at Ann Arbor. She got a secret secretary job there at the university and worked there. And after 14 years where she got more and more depressed and become a heavy drinker and smoker and people around her really noticed that she's becoming more and more depressed. A week after her 50th birthday, she left letters to her family and to her friends that she's going to start somewhere, start over somewhere else. 
she took her Volkswagen and was never heard from again. She should be 93 today. No one knows if she's she alive. Killed or... herself if mm. she she really did start over. It's very it's a mystery. It's a mystery. So that's really lost literally. Yeah. So everything kind of relates because when I was in Berlin with Yami, we basically all we did for those 10 days were, was listening to music and writing. So one, at one of the listening sessions, he just said, "Hey, do you know Connie Converse?" I said, no, I never heard any played me one of her songs. I think it's, yeah, it's How Sad, How Lovely. And, and then I, since then, I just started listening to her all the time. So this was the, the beginning of this idea of like um, right. pursuing more and more about the music of this uh, yes. lost uh, creative uh, female That's artist, right. right? And I found many more that are, some are really bizarre. I think I'm going to play one more by Connie, though, because I'm really into that. And this song is my favorite song. It's called Talking Like You, or Two Mountains. Two Tall Mountains, and uh, she wrote it about an absent lover. And she says, no one knows if she was uh, with men or women, so I, I don't know. But she says, no one knows if she ever had any romantic relationship with anyone, actually. It seems like she's a very lonely... So, was a loner, yeah. Right. So this song is about an absent lover, but she said, I don't need you because I see you in everything around me. And this is uh, Dida Pelé live at uh, Mondo Jazz, Radio Free Brooklyn. In between Two tall mountains There's a place They call lonesome Don't see why They call it lonesome I'm never lonesome When I go there See that bird sitting on my windowsill Well, he sang whippoorwill all the night through See that brook running by my kitchen door Well, he couldn't talk no more If it was you Up that tree there's sort of a squirrel thing Sound just like we did when we were quarreling In the yard I keep a pig or two They walk in for dinner like you used to do I don't stand in the need of company With everything I see With everything I see 
talking like you in between two tall mountains there's a place they call lonesome don't see why they call I'm never lonesome Now I live there Thank you so much, that was so beautiful. This is uh, one more song in which, uh, once again, the lyrics have such a powerful uh, impact. Yeah. Is this what draws you through to those songs, or is it, yeah. you know... Yeah, it's always like, the lyrics for me. So lyrics first. I mean, it's hard to say, because when the melody is not right for the lyrics, it stands out as a wrong thing, you know? So the melody has to really work with the lyrics. A good song will have both good melody and the lyrics. But for me, yeah, the first thing that I hear are the lyrics. This is uh, hard to find music. How did you actually uh, do more research? Or is it more of a destiny takes you to those songs and, you know, you kind of run into them? Because it must be very difficult to find, uh, you know, songs which are yeah, very rare. Yeah, it's actually a great question because... It's like inspiration. How do you catch it, you know? Or mm-hmm. I don't think there's a way to do it because every time you find a way and you say, ah, that's how I discovered it. I should do it every day. And then every day I'll be, I'll find something like that. It's like love. It's not like that. It's yeah. come, it comes when you're not expecting it. It just happens. It's a cliche, but it's true. It's not just happening. You need to, to give it room, you know? Right. You need to search, but then the right, the, the inspiration will come when you're not searching but the fact that you are in doing some research specifically with the songs opens your ear opens your mind to to receive it when it comes but usually the good things come when you're not like really obsessed yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. i have to find a song that never happens but then it you start listening to stuff and you're more you know everywhere you go you hear music you hear songs and it's more likely that it will come, but it's always scary, you know, that it will never come again. Oh, yeah. But like it keeps happening. And so yeah. maybe we can play one more song that um, part of this uh, research that uh, is okay. coming up. Two sentences about the next song. Yes. So this is not a, uh, not really a lost woman. I can't call her lost. She's one of the most famous female jazz musicians. Her name is Mary Lou Williams. Mm-hmm. You probably know her music. Yeah, of course. She's an amazing pianist composer, arranger, educator. Wow. But I I really wanted to have this song by her in the project, mainly because it really connects also my bluesy and jazzy side to this. And I feel like this song is a little lost and it's that's why how it relates because she recorded it instrumentally, which sounds amazing. Mm. But then she never recorded the lyrics and I didn't... I, no one knows that there are lyrics because of that, but I found an interview with her, and in the very end of the interview, like what we're doing now, like, so in the very end of the interview, she she sings it with lyrics, and it's so casual and fun, but it's so nice. Right. So I sing it now with the lyrics. Right. It's called Rosa May. <laughs> Thank you. 
the love she gives you, then she's still away. Let her love a sweet smile. You think you got it made, but you can tell by the way she walks. It's Rosa May. really fantastic so thank you so much uh, once again to Dida Pele for joining us thank at you Mondo so much Jazz for having me. that was a um, composition by Mary Lou Williams that's right performed by Dida Pele one thing I wanted to say however is that uh, so far we've been covering a lot of uh, compositions that uh, were uh, by other musicians but at the same time uh, Dida Pele is also a great composer and there are great yes. songs that uh, she's been uh, recording over the years so perhaps uh, one way to thank you once again and say goodbye is to play one of your songs uh, okay. from the album uh, A Missing Shade of Blue. Uh, yes. So that must be A Missing Shade of Blue. I like uh, so just tell us a couple of things about uh, this al album and um, recording and okay. uh, with yes. a hem on B3. I made this recording uh, very spontaneously. I was working on my artist visa and I needed to I needed some recommendation letters from people who say that I'm it's very important that I'll stay in the U.S. for the music world. And so I met this Italian trumpet player, Fabio Morghera, mm -hmm. very good trumpet player and musician and producer, who produced my first CD for that same label, the Italian label Red Records. Yeah. And I met with him so he would sign one of the, write one of the letters and sign them. And then we met and then I said, look, I talked to uh, to Sergio recently. Yeah. He's the guy who owns the the label, and we would love to do another record with you. But if we do it, we have to do it in two weeks. Because he was already back living back in Italy, and he was here for a limited amount of time. Anyway, I said in two weeks, and I was kind of not having the best time. It was my first time in New York after school, and I was. 
kind of having a hard time feel like understanding what I should do with my time and how it works not as a musician being so far from home mm-hmm. anyway so I kind of was excited about the project I felt like it, it's healthy for me to just focus on that and not on other things so I said okay and I really like worked my ass off for two weeks to get a nice repertoire that's mean that has a meaning you know to put something together that I can see why it works together as a bunch of songs. A Missing Shade of Blue is the name that uh, it also has a story behind it. It's, you know, the philosopher David Hume. Mm-hmm. So it's something he says, the missing shade of blue, which is his exception of Kant's rule that says that we can't understand anything without having a sensual experience with it. So I can't understand what a banana is if you didn't, if I didn't taste a banana, if I didn't see a banana. So the missing shade of blue is the only exception because if I will show you, ah, there are nice squares here. If I will show you like a series of the color blue and I'll take one square out, your mind will be able to imagine. Interpolate. Yeah. yeah, what that color will look like without having seen it or touched it or experienced it before. Yeah. So that's the exception. And I like that. And I think it's nice for music too because it's a very old school album in a way. So maybe you heard a lot of things like that, but not specifically but not, this yeah. shade. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, that's a, a missing shade of blue. All right. So that's uh, once again Dida Pele on guitar together in this case uh, with uh, Luke Carlos O'Reilly on uh, Hammond organ and uh, Rodney Green Green on drums. Uh, This is the title track from A Missing Shade of Blue, a Red Records album that uh, came out in 2016. I just have to tell you that I was so lucky to have Luke and Rodney playing because it was all very spontaneous and I didn't really have rehearsal. I met, I I took the bus one day to Philly to rehearse with Luke. He lives in Philadelphia. That's the only rehearsal. We just met Rodney in the studio and they played so great without any rehearsal. And there was nothing missing. (laughs) <laughs> All right. And once again, thank you, Dida Pele, for joining us uh, here at Montjuïc. Thank you. My pleasure.
To Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a nonprofit organization of self-funding volunteers. Of course, there are considerable costs associated with this operation. And if you like what you hear on Mondo Jazz, why not support Radio Free Brooklyn with the pledge of your choice, or getting one of Radio Free Brooklyn's T-shirts, hats, or other cool merch from www.radiofreebrooklyn.com/donate.
Did you know that Radio Free Brooklyn has a free iPhone and an Android app? You no longer need to be chained to your computer to listen. Just download the Radio Free Brooklyn app from the App Store or Google Play so you can listen to independent community radio wherever you go. You can find the iPhone app by going to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash iPhone. And the Android app is available at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash Android. So download the app today and listen to RFB wherever you are.
You're listening to Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn, and uh, we heard uh, four more compositions that uh, fit with today's theme of uh, Africa and how it has inspired uh, many uh, jazz musicians around the world. We started this set of four compositions uh, with a classic tune by Michael Blake uh, from his album entitled Drift. This uh, composition we heard was entitled Afro Blake, and there was his uh, tribute to the music of uh, Fela Kuti, the great Nigerian uh, musician. After that, we heard uh, Ornette Coleman uh, with a composition entitled Africa is the Mirror of All Colors uh, from his uh, album entitled In All Languages. After that, it was the turn of the Dave Holland Trio. And in this case, it was a traditional composition by African uh, pygmy tribes. And it was entitled African Lullaby from an album with uh, Steve Coleman on saxophone and Jack Dejeunet on drums entitled Triplicate on the German label ECM. And finally, we heard uh, this last composition by David Murray. It was entitled uh, Ouagadougou, the capital of Burkina Faso, which obviously inspired him uh, with uh, his Afro-Caribbean project entitled uh, or named Guotet from a CD um, from 2010 on the Just In Time Records label. We're winding down uh, for this week's of uh, Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. If you like this show and would like to check out the rest of the great programming on Radio Free Brooklyn, you should just uh, stay tuned uh, for uh, Rob Pritchard's Bushwick Garage, which is uh, a great source for punk and psychedelic rock. Mondo Jazz will be back next Wednesday at 10 p.m. with even more jazz inspired by Africa. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, uh, it will be rerun uh, tomorrow, Thursday morning at 11 a.m. And after that, it will be archived on, uh, on Mixcloud. Uh, podomatic.com and iTunes and all the shows are also featured on allaboutjazz.com the greatest online uh, jazz source bassist and composer Ben Allison wrote and performed our theme uh, featuring Ted Nash on flute and the voiceover by Payang Threadgill but before closing two more tracks which are tributes to the African continent first is the title track from uh, one of my favorite uh, jazz albums of the 90s Graham Haynes' The Griot Footsteps the Griot is a member of a class of traveling poets, musicians, and storytellers who maintain the oral tradition of West Africa alive. They usually are part of families that pass down this oral tradition from generation to generation. And uh, Graham Haynes has been based in New York for a long time, but in the 90s he was in uh, Paris, where he enjoyed being part of this uh, cross-pollination of African, Arabic, Indian, and jazz music, uh, which is quite common there. In 1994, he brought all these influences uh, with musicians from all over the world to the recording studio and they released this album uh, on the French uh, Verve label. And with this project, uh, Graham Haynes ideally walks in the footsteps of the griot, tracing the lineage uh, that starts with West African music and ends with jazz, while absorbing all other influences along the way, including Indian music, but also electronic and ambient music. The results are quite beautiful and hypnotic. After that, we'll end this episode of Mondo Jazz with uh, more music than in its own way is quite beautiful and hypnotic, as well as being another tribute to Africa and to springtime, which today for the first time was really tangible here in New York and it was not shy at all, finally. I'm referring to the composition Springtime in Africa from uh, Duke Ellington's album Piano in the Foreground, a little jam uh, that was played uh, without being written out in the recording studio and resulted from the interaction between uh, the bass player Aaron Bell and Ellington himself as they indulge in the fantasy about a flower making its way up in the springtime in Africa underneath a big shady rock. 
But first, Graham Haynes and the Griot footsteps. Thank you for listening and good night. <laughs>